0: We think podcasting our full radio show has been holding us back. Most podcasts aren't two hours long per show, and the constant resetting we do for radio might be turning off podcast listeners. Riley's Daily digests have been going for years, so we're going to lengthen them and make them our official podcast starting September 1st. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll continue, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com, or tune into our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. FTL Amps will continue to receive the full radio show with no commercials via podcast through Patreon, so please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month.
1: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode.
0: We're going to talk tonight about the Karen, who is a like a real-life Karen that is attacking...
1: Is her name really Karen?
0: It's yes. really
2: And her middle name Lord. is Sue. It's like Karen, Karen Litigious Sue. Steel.
1: Yep. So, yeah. Why well,
2: would anyone... I mean,
1: okay, so the Karen thing didn't exist back when people were really naming their kids Karen, but... That's true. I can't imagine anyone being cat. Ha- why, why wouldn't you change your name at this point? It's the year 2022. It's really easy to change your name.
2: I think things about that are things like that all the time, and people just are too attached to their names. Like um, people whose last name, like a woman whose last name is Grossman. I would change my oh, last awful. name instantly if it was Grossman. Yeah,
0: I think it's like 110 bucks to change your name legally in uh I don't New think it was
1: even that expensive. was I don't remember now, but I. I mean, it didn't, this was during COVID, but it didn't require a, a hearing or anything when I did. I, it was just an online filing fee, and I want to say it wow. was $25. Yeah. They used to have like a 10-second
0: long hearing. Let me see if, he, if he's uh, got us now. Etienne, are you there? I
3: am. Excellent. You Excellent.
0: Excellent. We hear you loud Perfect. and clear. Uh, welcome to the show. That's Etienne de la Boissy Squared, by the way. Uh, gentlemen, we've had uh, co-host Free Talk Live here and there over the last several years. Uh, I think a lot of us know him from his appearances at the Porcupine Freedom Festival and spending some amount of time uh, living here in New Hampshire. You kind of float around different places, though. Welcome back.
3: Uh, I bounce in and out. It's good to be with you and your audience.
0: Yeah, I I was surprised the other day when I was reading uh, one of your articles, which you've been writing some pieces about the HBO series, which just wrapped up. Uh, it's six-week run last week called The Anarchists. And you've been publishing over on Substack, which uh, your URL is artofliberty.substack.com. And we actually read your first—when uh, you reviewed the first episode of The Anarchists, we read that on the air just to get a counter to what some people were saying about the series. Because there have been different viewpoints about it. Uh, when we first heard about it on Free Talk Live, I actually heard about it somewhere off the air. I heard, oh, well, the producers of the anarchists are, they're anarchists.
1: So it's going to, and they had a deal with HBO where HBO wasn't going to edit the thing. I don't necessarily think that someone having been affiliated at some point in their lives with one of these intelligence agencies necessarily must tar them for the rest of their life.
2: But I also want to say that if something like that isn't going on, at least a little bit in the anarchists, uh, I mean, the Anarchapulco movement, I mean, the feds would be stupid for not taking um, that opportunity, but it's just that to say that everyone is involved together, that's just crazy. That's not what he's saying. Well, I wanted to ask him. I wanted to ask him, like, is that what you're saying? I mean, you called Free Talk Live a controlled opposition. It just seems like you're not really being that uh, filtering for who you're calling controlled opposition. If you're calling people who got raided by the FBI last year and are having an ongoing uh, trial, or whatever you want to call it, ongoing, uh, we're being attacked by the feds, they pulled the uh, free talk live off the air for a couple days and pulled things out of the back of our substacks and we're controlled opposition working with the FBI doesn't really add up
3: so so i, I wanted to kind of fi- i wanted to set the stage by just you know going through the anarchists and arcapolco and then we can transition into free talk live but the so the so the Anarchapulco conference where I've been, you know, both I've been, you know, I've been an attendee since the very first conference in 2015. I've been I've had the best selling book for three years in a row. Uh, I've been a main stage speaker. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm somewhat qualified to, you know, you know see what myself and other you know, people have seen kind of, you know, behind the scenes in many cases, because we're connected to a lot of people that were on the Anarcopulco team or whatever. But Anarcopulco was running the classic CIA playbook, which is to, number one, deal drugs into the movement. So there's a very well referenced book and documentary called Drugs as Weapons uh, you know, uh, Against Us. It kind of breaks down how the CIA, you know, uh, deals drugs into you know different uh, different uh, political movements. Including- I mean, I know that,
1: but you, you don't have to steer anarchists and libertarians toward drugs. I mean, they they do that all by themselves.
2: I mean, it'd be one thing if there was like a big heroin problem. Is there a big heroin or like crack cocaine problem, or is it people doing things that everybody does? Like There's cocaine. a substantial
1: coke problem.
0: Go ahead and plug your uh, your book. Uh, it's it's an excellent kind of coffee table book. You can kind of turn to any old page at any time and find something interesting, something eye opening. And I know you've kind of uh, retitled it over the years and revised it a few times. So what's it, what's the current title? So I don't get it wrong.
3: Well, it's government. The Biggest Scam in History Exposed, and uh, it's in its fourth edition right now, and I'm working on the fifth edition, and I'm uh, several, several months late in getting it out, but I hope to ship it next month, and it will be retitled Government and the COVID, The Two Biggest Scams in History Exposed, where All right. I'll be breaking down the scam of the uh, the COVID.
0: That's a big one. Cool. I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing more about that as it gets closer. So, you've called or we had you on the show tonight because uh the Anarchist has come and gone. It's uh, it was a 6-week long documentary series on uh, HBO. Well, bon-
1: his debut has come and gone. It yes. will remain on sure, HBO course, Max for at least a foreseeable future, and that was how I I finally got around to watching most of it today.
0: Right. bonnie and I we saw it uh week by week as it came out. There were some watching events here in Keene that one of the activists uh co-host of ours Captain Kickass put on. So, you and I, Bonnie, we've seen the full thing. Uh, Howard, I, or uh, Etienne, I presume you've seen uh, – have you seen all six episodes at this point? I
3: have seen all six episodes. Uh, I'm, up to, I'm, I'm up to reviewing number four. I published the uh, the review of the fourth episode today, Is John Galt Really
0: Dead? Now, you were alleging, before we get too deep in here, you, you started by alleging that the Anarchapulco, which is a uh, – was, maybe still is, I guess, is still going on, a yearly event happening in Acapulco – Free Talk Live attended for a few years until there was a particular organizer that kind of ran us out by basically just being awful. Um, Jessica Kill, who was mentioned in the in the series a few times, but uh, it was a great. I could it,
2: see her being a Fed.
0: It was a lot of possible, very well, possibly. Um, it, it was a lot of fun, and it was. I thought it was a good, a good event. It was where we met actually at you and I. And so, definitely, you know, good things happened there. Connections were made. But you allege that the whole thing was like a, I don't know, some sort of government plot. Do you think that was true from the beginning, or did that happen midpoint? What do you, what what is, you, what's your? Yeah, I, think, is?
3: Uh, I think the whole thing was designed for. Uh, they they took a, a, a charismatic charismatic con man named Jeff Berwick, and they propped him up with a media operation.
2: So was David Icke there speaking about lizard people? Because he's written 10 books. It's not like the only thing he talks about. I think about. he gave
0: like a six-hour-long presentation, and he covered a lot of stuff from what I understand.
2: I'm sure it was up to just like lizard people.
1: Was it
3: 2015? Well, yeah, 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 like- I, I, at, I
2: look at David Icke as kind of the Alex
3: Jones of the UK, or maybe you could say Alex Jones is the, is the David Icke of the UK, and they'll tell you everything that's already out there, voluminous detail, But at the end of the day, you really can't forward anything on because everybody knows that David Icke is all about lizard people. And so anything good that comes out of David Icke is going to be, you know, is going to be kind of downgraded by your friends that are going to just kind of go, dude, that's the guy that thinks it's lizard people. And so it's kind of like the, the uh, you know, the turd in the punch bowl. Well, that's right. also <laughs> just
2: appealing to the <laughs> weakest, I mean, the lowest like, common denominator. It's like, sorry, I already think this about this person, so I can't possibly gain anything good from learning what he has to say because I already think – something silly about you know what he believes
1: i think you have your well, timeline wrong though dude because i don't think the youtube purchase was going on as early as 2015 i don't think that really began until 2017 or 2018
3: the per you mean the purchase of youtube by google
1: Well, google owns youtube right so the uh, purchase of libertarian do do. voices from YouTube and social media in general, that wasn't going on back then. That didn't really start until Alex Jones was kicked off Facebook, and that was like 2018 or 2019.
3: Well, I mean, that's when they began you know, the complete takedowns, but I think that they were – They were demonetizing, the weren't they? Behind the scenes for years. Yeah, weren't they demonetizing but, I mean,
0: I that far back? I feel like they were. Yeah, but
1: That's how they inconsequential. started with it,
0: that's how they started. They started by demonetizing channels or partially demonetizing channels. But that's and... not
1: deplatforming anyone no, like he's
0: alleging. Well that's but they started by doing that. He's and then alleging they, that they, they escalated.
1: He, He's alleging that they started deplatforming quote legitimate anarchist voices while leaving people like Jeff Berwick up there. And I I think that timeline is factually incorrect. Hmm. I don't know.
3: I I think the, the my main point is that uh is that it was a, It was in conjunction with the CIA's, you know, uh, ability to manipulate the DARPA internet algorithmically through, you know, two to three dozen companies that have been overfunded to, uh, you know, uh, and given patent protection and other, you know, uh, uh, things to allow them to control their little version of the, the uh, internet information space.
1: If I recall correctly, and I don't you know, twist my about but I think they were disrespectful to some friends of ours.
0: Yeah, to the AnyPay guys. Yes. Uh, Derek mm-hmm. J. and Steven, who wanted to throw a big party in a penthouse and had gone so far as to, like, rent the thing and were putting thousands of dollars into it. And this, this woman that they had brought in to run the show uh, as of 2019, so... You know, we met her in 2019 because we were already planned to go there. And then she really started to put in the the control that she was trying to take over this thing in 2020. And, and she just essentially ran the AnyPay guys out. She ran Free Talk Live out. Uh, but yeah, well-
2: and if you want to throw a really cool party, there's... No one better than the pay guys. The
0: guys, for sure. Uh, so we got Etienne de la
1: Boise square. Well, no, We don't want cool parties. Cool parties are, that's what the opposition does. The controlled opposition does. Well,
0: and yeah, I think we're going to disagree on on that point here, as, as we already have, uh, Etienne. But, uh, you know, there's there's plenty of people within the liberty movement who will do all the partying and and all the drugs that they can, with or without any any federal involvement. But, but that aside, uh, you're perspective here is that this was some sort of a long, uh, plot by the federal government to kind of tar the anarchist community. And you think that the HBO presentation is part of that, the, this, uh, the anarchist series. I wanted you to continue. Yeah, it,
3: was a com- it was a combo package where they had to get, they had to first, it took them a couple of years to actually establish the audience. But, uh, once they've once they established the audience, that's when they could smear it and steer it, and then that's when they brought in the team from HBO and uh, Scumhouse Media that then produced the series that tars us all with the brush of drug dealing, murder, and scum.
1: And While- they didn't tar me with any brushes. <laughs>
3: Uh, well, so the majority of people that I've uh, talked to feel that we that uh, that the voluntarist anarchist movement comes out very very poorly, and we we all look bad by association, and that.
1: So this that, is why collectivism is average. crazy. Most people
0: attending this event were just good liberty-loving folks that wanted to network and hang out for a weekend in in Acapulco and chill on the beach together. That's the bulk of what was going on. That's really what this conference and, and not was. Only
3: they, not only were they entrepreneurs, and not only were they uh, you know uh, well-heeled and, and crypto investors and regular investors and business owners and things like that, uh, the, the crew from Scum House Media, instead of spending time with with those kind of people or the speakers, many of whom were world-class experts in their own topics. They spent their entire time with the drug dealers and the Riffer app. So they pointed where the story was 0.25% of the, of the crew. They followed them around for years. And then I just want everybody that's listening to ask yourself, okay, what are the odds? Okay. Just, you know, just what are, what do you think the odds are that HBO scum house follows this group of people around for years, and not one is so. Then, so then, and then one of them is involved in a murder, and then three of them who were dealing drugs into the Liberty Movement are all now allegedly dead. So, like, I know dead. Like, there's a couple of people that I know that are legitimately dead, but I like I don't. I haven't been to that many funerals because you know I'm I'm you know not that old, but mm-hmm. what are the odds that? Th- that the, essentially three of the cast of anarchapolco's the anarchists, are all now deceased. What are the odds of that?
1: I, I don't know, but you you do realize question. that th- this is how narratives and stories work, right? As Ian was beginning to point out, a two-part series where they're just following around normal upstanding people about a conference that they're having once a year that's boring as hell. No one is going to watch it. No one HBO is going to put that on
0: the air. No right. one is going to fund one.
1: that to be created. Just like they're not doing, you know, documentaries about the the uh, the triple the E three the gaming expo that they have each year. No one's doing any documentaries about that because it's boring.
0: In fact, I will say this, uh, Etienne, it's worth pointing out that it has been said that you are, in point of fact, the, uh, the secret Fed. I'm sure you've heard that one before, right?
3: Oh, I've heard it once, but yes, it's happened to me as well. I understand that that is a legitimate thing, which is why I don't throw these things out lightly.
1: Well, you, kinda you kind so of do, because so far are. I haven't heard any substantiating evidence.
3: Well, I mean, I wrote. I wrote. If you go to artofliberty.substack.com, I mean, I I did four. You know, I've done four very, very detailed articles. I've done uh, at least uh, probably seven or eight interviews with uh, insiders of Anarchapulco, members of the Anarquipo team. I'm doing a real investigation. This isn't just me, you know, typing stuff on the internet. And I was there watching it unfold uh, since 2015. When was your last I, year
0: there? Are you still uh, in
3: 2020? No, I go to Agora mm-hmm. which is the, for the people that realize uh, Anarkopolco is a scam. Uh, but 2020 was my uh, my last time mm-hmm. at Anarkopolco.
1: Let's come back to this this thing about evidence and witnesses. Witnesses mean nothing to me. The opinions of other people don't mean you're not going to convince me by getting 50 people together who all agree with you that oh yes. They're really FBI agents where they they're really well, controlled how are you opposition. Gonna get I want some actual evidence.
3: to lily selling drugs, selling cocaine even though she says she wasn't that like, you know, people that said I know for a fact that she was selling drugs and this is So why what? She wants to, she to move into people. another
2: country. Why would she admit to selling drugs in that country?
1: Well, whether she was selling drugs or not, that doesn't make her controlled opposition. Yeah.
4: That's
3: well, true.
2: So so again, uh, by
3: the way, we only have 11 minutes, right?
0: I mean, we could bring you into the second the second hour if uh, if you want to, but yeah, I don't want to come back around to what you were going to say about Free Talk Live because that's certainly what started the whole conversation in the first place. You had made the allegation that Free Talk Live was controlled opposition and you were you were going to give me a compliment before getting into the real dirt. So let, let's let's hear it.
3: Well, right. so, so like I said, you guys have done good work here. I'm going to just kind of run down my list of things and then I'd like to get through the list so we don't get stuck on, you know, like one thing for like the rest of the thing and then we can circle back and we can talk about the individual points, Okay. but it seems like that that you know in the same way that that is trying to you know or the anarchist is trying to you know guilt by association the freedom the the anarchy movement with drug dealers and riffraff um i'm somewhat suspicious that there is a transvestite satanic priestess on the on the uh, on the show so the the promotion of vermin supreme uh you know like I like I like like the I don't think that the Free State project benefits from having it associated with a guy that ha- wears a boot on its head boot on his head and taking him around on a donkey <laughs> to various election places uh, that's just going to that's just going to you know it's it's tarring the free State project by association Jesus well, wrote a meal thank All, God,
2: you're not here.
3: Uh, uh, you, you know, part of it is you guys were early Bitcoin adopters and in, in my book, government, the biggest scam in history, you know, I make the case that the, you know, the NSA published their white paper, um, uh, how to make a mint, the, uh, cryptography of anonymous electronic cash 12 years before, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto wrote his, uh, white paper. Hold and on. Do so you make the case paper, or do you make the I
1: allegation?
3: Yeah, yeah. So I, so I'm, uh, I'm making the, yeah, I'm making the allegation, okay. and then I'm saying, hey, what a coincidence that some of the early adopters in Bitcoin were connected to uh, firms like Goldman Sachs, uh, connected to uh, Lockheed Martin, uh, Northrop Grumman IT, Boeing, um, uh, Hollywood, etc. So some of the early, what I like to call, manufactured moguls. And so just, you know, and it's not none of these things are decisive. Each one is like a strand in the cable where, you know, you can break one of the strand, but you've got all these other strands that are kind of holding the thesis together. And so uh, so the so the early uh, Bitcoin adoption, the fact that you guys have a media operation and so the CIA's playbook, whether it's Hal Turner or whether it's uh, Jeff Berwick and, you know, Anarchast is uh, they're funding media operations. Well, do uh, they have ones that are completely different,
2: created different by one person?
3: Um, uh, like I said, to steer them. the association with. Chris I'm sorry, but I, wait,
2: Ian, I can't talk to this person if he can't have a conversation. I don't want to listen that, to his monologue. Question,
3: Bonnie? Bonnie, I'm sorry, what's your
2: question? I said, do those people have media organizations completely set up by one person in their own home like ian doesn't need anyone else to run his blog and radio show he literally sets up the stuff himself and does it
0: some of your critiques of the show are valid you know from the perspective of it doesn't represent what really happened right as far as these events at Anarchapulco were great gatherings great parties ron paul was there you know lots of big names really principled people were there and then there were some some con artists that were there too and that's what's going to happen when you get two thousand people together there's a good chance that well, a to be of fair
1: them- the documentary is about the lives of specific anarchists it's not a documentary about anarcho or the conference there there just happened to be a conference there that's where well, these anarchists a, happen to live
0: it's a documentary purportedly about the anarchists that
1: moved anarchist. to
3: it's even called the anarchists yes but so it's not called anarcho the documentary it, it no experience with anarchists would go oh this is what anarchisms all about so it you're going like to completely are, ignore my point dude
1: my point was that it's not called anarcho the documentary it's called the anarchists it's about anarchists it
3: is. No, it's about it's about a tiny little subsection of anarchists that are scumbags, drug dealers and riffraff.
2: They couldn't do a show about every anarchist in the world at once.
0: Well, obviously they can't do that, and obviously they're going to do a show about the most dramatic anarchists because the ones that are just going to work every day and not, re- you know, aren't particularly remarkable, aren't going to be worth sending a camera crew around with. So while I agree with uh, Etienne that they definitely focused on some of the worst. Uh, characters not all of them some of them were they uh, were couldn't have people, picked but... a
1: better character to focus on than jason Henza. easily the most sympathetic character they had on the show and the and the most evo- emotive from an em- the most evocative from an emotional standpoint absolutely stole the show
0: oh, I, li- I like jason he came to uh the porcupine freedom festival a couple of years ago but my point is they're going to focus on the drama and the 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 lower people tend to bring drama uh, generally, and the the most productive people are too busy doing you know productive things or whatever, and they're not going to be spending time uh, creating that that drama. No, no, Ian, and you're I, pretty
2: productive and have a lot of drama. He doesn't
0: create the drama though. Yeah, yeah. I I I mean, obviously, the federal government wants to do what they're going to do, and that's a whole other whole other story. But and I would expect the same thing of a do, of a documentary focusing in in New Hampshire would be to focus on the the you know the the fire and not the things that are just really dull
3: you know, dealing drugs into the movement. And I personally, back when I smoked weed, I'm on a pause right now. I don't think anything's wrong with weed, you know, necessarily, but anybody that's dealing drugs into the movement has, has got my uh, attention because it's, that is the, you know, the CIA's playbook. And, um, you know, that's about like, that's, that's essentially my main, you know, Mm -hmm. my main list, but like from somebody looking in, You know, what would somebody looking in think about that list of things? And I mean, I hope you would at least agree that, you know, that that uh, that a reasonable person could look at what's going on and, and kind of scratch their head. And then really, I'm sorry, the other final thing was that you guys were essentially featured in the anarchists heavily. And if you take a look at the breakdown of the anarchists, the people that are featured heavily, the other people are what I believe to be guaranteed control opposition. Whether it's Luke
1: Radowski, <laughs> or you right. know.
0: So or there's a lot that you've brought to bear here, and uh, Aria, I feel like you want to jump in.
1: Yeah. So I asked you a question when we're going out to break, but be, uh, but since we're since I have more than ten seconds to ask the question, I'm going to ask it in a in a more direct way, in a more convoluted way, actually. So. I want to preface this by saying, look, I'm not accusing you of being transphobic or anti-Satan. That's not the angle I'm coming from with this, okay? I want to get that yeah. out of the way. When I when I let this out there, I don't want you to say, I have nothing against trans people because, frankly, I don't care whether or not you do. My question yeah. is much simpler than that. If you have a trans libertarian, what acceptable role can that person play in the liberty movement without you getting upset about it? What am I allowed to do that you don't think is too far? Am I allowed to have my own podcast? Or are you going to say, no, 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 we we have to push this tranny back in the closet. We can't let her be out there on Twitch and DLive doing this show. Everyone, turn your eyes from the tranny. To what extent am I allowed to have my voice out there, my face out there without you being upset?
3: So um, if it was just that, then I probably wouldn't have said anything, and I probably wouldn't have this. It's all the other threads of the cable, Aria, and it's and it's not so much okay the, the Satanism of and has is nothing to do. Hold, hold not on. so much the tra- It's not so much the fact that you're a transvestite. It's the fact. Yeah, that you you're keep a
1: using standard. that word. Um, I I don't know if and you're doing that on purpose or not.
3: I've been told. I've been told. That you make campaign contributions to political. She talked about her on behavior. this show, and she it, can tell. And, let and her tell you about it. You keep saying it in an incorrect have to way. Back out because they don't want to be. They don't want to have campaign.
1: contributions. Who told you, Carla Garrett, uh, the person uh, to whom I made this donation? Well, I, don't, I don't
0: want to jump to that conclusion. Who told you?
3: Um, it was not Derek.
0: You brought up Berman Supreme and. He's definitely a polarizing character in the liberty movement. There's a certain group of people within, say, the Libertarian Party. Remember Vermin, uh, for those that aren't familiar, he's this sort of... uh comedian basically he's basically a he's a performance a artist yeah he, he performs as a character he, the real man i know is his real name and he's like a painter by trade that's what he does for a living that's how he actually makes money and vermin's this thing that he does every uh, few years when he comes out and runs for president and he puts a boot on his head and he has a silly thing that he you know he says funny things that he says and he's basically just making fun of the political process and the politicians out there and, and skewering them. Now, the, the various different uh, complaints about Vermin come from different uh, sides. So some people say, well, he's too leftist. He shouldn't be in the, the libertarian movement. Other people say, well, he's too silly and he's making us look silly by wearing a boot on his head. And I think you were coming from the silly side uh, when with your complaint about him uh, earlier.
2: Lots of uh, yeah, uh, libertarians.
3: Watch the, Li- the Libertarian Party debate and two out of the six candidates have costume headgear on. Uh, it makes the Libertarian Party look like crap. There's just absolutely no way that two different, you know, of the two two different members of the Libertarian Party presidential run are wearing costume headgear. It's 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 designed to make the Libertarian Party look bad. What's wrong
2: people. with a, a party that is about uh, the establishment being a complete? in utter uh, sh- uh s show <laughs> um,
3: Bonnie, what's I'm wrong with them making the? Real- uh, real- let me finish my
2: question please yeah. mr like monologues um what's wrong with them making the system look like an s show i mean it is i mean wh- what's wrong with that they're making a statement for one thing for another and i mean it- the federal system is such a joke, it should be made fun of. I just I just think that it's ridiculous how many libertarians are too aus- autistic to understand jokes and mm-hmm. uh, the idea that you can get people interested in the ideas through things that are maybe theatrical. Maybe it's not your um, way to do things, but I just don't see... Yeah, vermin is oh. street
3: theater.
0: Uh, but do you want to respond to that, Etienne?
3: Um, well I'm just saying that I think that if we, you know, I think if we put a you know a poll on the website and and said to the majority of your audience, do you think that the that the goals of the free State project are are being advanced by an association with Vermin Supreme uh, or Aria? I don't think that they would I don't think that they're that they're going to say uh, yes.
0: in regards with the libertarian party, when Vermin Supreme was running for president, had I been at that convention, which I would never torture myself by going to a Libertarian Party convention because it would just be awful, but had I been there, I would have voted for Vermin Supreme simply because the Libertarian Party was in such shambles. They were a joke at that time. So why not go all in and put somebody like Vermin Supreme up as their presidential candidate? I mean, there's no one better to go up against Donald Trump than Vermin Supreme at this point. So that's that's my honest opinion about him. Uh, I think the Libertarian Party has gone in a completely different Different direction this year, and I think it's for the better. But ultimately, they are still going to be completely ineffective because they're the libertarians, and the the whole system is is stacked against them. Uh, dare uh, Christ- Christopher Cantwell. Now, this is an interesting character and an interesting story. You ought to know. Uh, I, don't, well, I don't know if you know this, uh, Etienne, but when Chris Cantwell first came to town when he moved here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project in 2012. Everybody thought he was a Fed. Now, of course, it's it's common to pe for people to think that all the new people are Feds whenever they move to uh, to New Hampshire. That's kind of the joke. But it's also kind of a sad reality uh, to some extent. But Chris Campbell
3: is that he was advocating violence.
0: Yeah, that's why we thought he was a Fed. Um, And he was he he was real smart about it, though. He would come real close to advocating violence, but he would never come right out and say it. So he'd kind of dance around it. He's very, very smart with how he did it. But yeah, you could basically say that about him, and that's what caused the the controversy when he came to town. Odds are, whether he was working for the feds or just being watched closely by the feds, he definitely brought some more federal interest into uh, to the Free State Project. Ultimately, uh, I think the truth about Cantwell is, and this is just for me being close to him and having spent a lot of time with him here. I think he's just a sad, angry man uh, who ultimately is just looking for somebody to uh, pay attention to him and to, to, to love him and give him a baby. In this movement, there are thousands of people. And in a movement with thousands of people, there's going to be everything from undercover federal agents to extremely autistic individuals who don't know how to communicate with other people, don't know how other people are feeling. Uh, and there's going to be uh, angry people like Chris Cantwell, who, you know, are, may or may not be federal uh, agents. But either well, he's way, in
1: prison. So, well, that that, ju- that could just
0: mean he's deep cover. Um, and there's also a theory that he's not actually in prison and that the feds have him at like uh, well, somebody was saying to the other the other day that Chris, they think Chris Cantwell is on Epstein's Island mm. right now.
2: <laughs> so. But not Epstein's Island, but wherever they sent Epstein
0: yeah, perhaps there, yeah, too. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, the, regardless. Uh, the Malcolm's razor would suggest that he's in prison. Probably in jail, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so the point I wanted to make about that, though, is that there's people who don't get along with one another. There's people who have poor communication skills because this is a group of thousands of people. And there's going to be people who do get along and they have great communication skills. But I want to suggest that if you hear something about somebody somebody who did something like Arya allegedly having this uh spat with Carla that you guys buried the hatchet with and you guys are on great terms now and everything's totally cool with but somebody goes around and says oh I heard Carla said this and I heard well then that's just hearsay and then that spreads and it gets really ugly and people don't understand the best thing to do is to go to the source and talk to that person and that's why I wanted to talk about with uh, with Daryl Perry uh, who you said you called into the show before you would really met anybody on Free Talk Live, and you had a bad experience with uh, with Daryl, where he apparently hung up on you at some point during uh, during the call. I and don't you know. You brought
2: how... that up, even though you've now been invited to be on the show well, like three or more regardless,
0: times. Regardless, it, it stuck with him, and it and it hurt his feelings. And there's no doubt that people have have been have felt slighted by some of the hosts and how they've been treated. on the But we're not talking air. about just
2: feeling slighted. We're talking about evidence that someone is a fed.
3: What I'm I'm saying is that, uh, like, I I think you would, Bonnie, I hope you would say that these are reasonable, like all of these things added together, a reasonable person might think
2: that this
3: was designed to make the FSP look bad.
2: No, I I wouldn't say that.
0: No, I think they fairly—it's fairly disjointed and doesn't really present any kind of picture like that. And there's great explanations for all of it. And I'm saying, had you and I, have you ever talked talked with Daryl like person to person at an event since the time you had a bad time with him on the air? Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, so that I think is a mistake in this particular case. When somebody feels like they got a short shrift on the air, it sucks. Like you, you thought you were going to be able to call in and go for as long as you thought you could go. A lot of people think they can just keep going and it's like, well, we got a show to do and we got other callers or we got another topic that we want to get on and we feel like the person's made their point. We move on. There's always another night and we always like to make this point. I'm going to make this point generally. If you've called into free talk live and you feel like you didn't get your point out, because sometimes we get distracted, we'll get off on one little thing that you'll say and then we'll end the call and people can take that personally and it's like look we're just doing a show the phones are open every night and we, we don't have that many rules here on free talk live but one rule is it's well, just one call per night which means you can call the next night and you can call the night after that so you could have called back you could have you know when Daryl wasn't on the show and said hey Daryl didn't give me the, the the fair shake and this is what I was trying to say and you would have gotten it out probably the the second time but i get it i get where you're coming from and that leads me to the next point which was your concern about the news breaks on free talk live And I always have a tough time even remembering the name of this company. Uh, It's it's just so unremarkable. The news, uh, let me
2: explain.
1: First something?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's something like that.
0: Yeah, I could look it up if I really
2: news first, first story news Fred,
0: something like that something yeah. like feature, ones, yeah. feature feature story that's, news. It, that's <laughs> what it is and this gives you an idea of like how little concern i have for this yeah it's a status news package but i mean but the something has is, to go there right so I something has to
1: go.
3: i think it's hurting the brand
1: you know.
0: well I, I get where you're coming from i get it but the fact is if there were a libertarian news package a five-minute top of the hour libertarian news package i'd run it and there's proof that that's a true statement because i did run it i ran daryl perry's that he did for something like two or three years until he met this woman and stopped doing it uh and i ran john bush's that he did until his uh guy who was putting them together brian hagan was attacked viciously by a lunatic uh, apparently in his own home and drove him off the air so we've had multiple libertarian newscasts on this program and the reason that feature story news uh, was is on the air currently is because we had Fox News prior to that, which know uh, which one's worse or which one's better in in your mind, but they're both you know, statist. Well, or whatever. John
2: Bush must be a Fed, Ian, because he has a he's effective and he has his own little conference. There's, there's actually be been fed a fed. long
0: theory that John Bush is a Fed as well. There's all these theories about everybody who well, he's a, an
2: effective activist. Yeah. He must be a Fed.
0: And I don't want to you know put wor- words in your mouth. It seemed like you were suggesting Bitcoin itself was government created? Is that what you were saying?
3: Well, yeah. So so for, for those in your audience that aren't familiar, the National Security Agency, the NSA, published a technical white paper a decade before Satoshi Nakamoto published his white paper. The white paper was called How to Make a Mint, The Cryptography of Anonymous Electronic Cash. And they outlined essentially the blockchain, the wallet, uh, over a decade before satoshi nakamoto
2: did i thought you said that you don't have proof of that already
1: no that that at least is factually true oh. i have not read the actual white paper that the nsa released so i don't know how similar it is to satoshi nakamoto's white paper i don't know how similar the technology behind it is but it it does appear to at least be factually true that the nsa did come up with the idea of bitcoin but i mean the u.s government Allegedly, came up with the idea of accountable government. Well, I mean, the cypherpunks
0: have been talking about these ideas for decades, so I don't know if they True. came up with it as much as they published a paper about it to, you know, make the government aware of it. But just because that happened doesn't necessarily follow that Satoshi Nakamoto was working for the state, right?
3: Uh, well, I mean, the fact that he is, so, so then there, you know, there's other like there's other things that lead me to believe that uh, the fact that uh, you know many of the early uh, you know, folks from Joe Lubin, who used to be a vice president at Goldman Sachs, to the Laramers who are connected to Northrop Grumman IT, Boeing. Uh,
1: yeah, we're uh, aware of Williams. all that. There's a there's yeah, a documentary out there called Who Killed Bitcoin that is all about how those big money interests tried to co-opt Bitcoin. And that's the reason that Roger Ver and others support Bitcoin Cash and alternatives to Bitcoin rather than Bitcoin itself. That's not news to anyone.
0: Well, it, it may be news to people that don't know much about, about Bitcoin. But it's a different. It's there's two different theories, right? So there's the theory. Well, at least there's there's probably more than two. But there's sure. two major, uh, two major theories. There's the one theory that is backed by nothing but speculation, and that seems to be what you're suggesting, Etienne, is that is that Bitcoin from the the word go was a government operation. And then there's a
3: way for central bank digital currency.
0: And then oh, the okay. other theory, oh, yeah. but
3: there's but there's
0: currencies. not really any evidence for that. It's just pure speculation. The other the other one where there is actual evidence is that Bitcoin was co-opted during its first seven or eight years of lifespan, co-opted by big bankers. And this yeah. is easy enough to prove. All you have to do is look at uh, the Blockstream company.
2: Why would they come out with something that could lead to things like monero being created i don't even i i'd never understood this you realize that um the dollar they, is they, already they, hold on they, i have they, another they, point you are yeah. the dollar is already more digital than physical they don't need something to else to get people to accept uh, central bank digital currencies. In fact, it doesn't even make any sense because not even 50% of people in America actually use cryptocurrency and they're already about to come out with uh, CBDC. They didn't need cryptocurrency to get people used to central bank digital currencies.
3: Uh, I would disagree. I think that they that, that they made uh, blockchain-based payment systems popular with a, a great, great many people. Uh, by the fact that they made some money in it. And I think that that, uh, that gave a large percentage of population a feel good about uh, cryptocurrencies and blockchain that would not have existed in a way that is beneficial for their plan of central bank. digital. Most of
2: the people who have made money with cryptocurrency are not just going to jump on board with CBDC. I don't think most of them would. And the amount of people who have made some money on cryptocurrency isn't like a majority of the population or anything like that. And they're actively coming out with articles all the time trying to get people to not um, understand and not get into cryptocurrency.
0: I don't deny personally that conspiracies exist. Obviously there's plenty of conspiracies. Anytime two people are, are, you know, talking in secret about their plans to do bad things, you generally have a conspiracy and so certainly there's lots of those with government. But I also think that uh, governments are by and large slow, stupid and incompetent and I, I don't I just doesn't make sense to give them any credit
1: You had asked me during the break if I had more questions for him about this. And I I really don't. But I'm curious now, is the allegation that Free Talk Live and you are federal agents and so you've picked me as like this ultra divisive figure who's going to drive people away? Or is it that...
0: Well, Chris Canwell did call you my puppet, didn't he at one point?
1: He did. Or is the allegation that (laughs) I'm the federal agent intentionally driving people away? Etienne is with us here. Uh, Go ahead.
3: So I uh, what I'm saying is that from an outsider looking in, um, it's it appears that it's that the whole thing is being used to kind of tar
1: way to dodge the question. What is your opinion?
3: with a uh, satanic transvestite priestess. answer the question is Ian out?
1: the fed who picked me because i'm likely to drive people away or am i the fed intentionally driving people away what is your opinion
3: Speculation. what i'm what i'm talking about is that all of these things put together would lead a reasonable person to think that perhaps there may be an ulterior motive for having a a transvestite satanic priestess representing you're
1: such them. a coward man Will you answer the damn question? Oh, you I just don't want have to have spout allegations opinion. and go, I'm not you're Eric Cartman from South Park asking ridiculous questions and going, I'm not making allegations, I'm just asking questions. <laughs> Come on, dude. Have some courage. Well, there are definitely allegations being
0: made here. I mean, the allegation is that we're controlled opposition.
1: No, no, he's not making any allegations. That's not what he's alleging. He's saying the average person, someone else might look in and come to that conclusion. He's way too much of a coward to actually make that allegation himself.
2: Every time he says, like, the average person, blah, 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 he seems to be wrong, in my opinion. I mean, from my uh, perspective, it doesn't seem like the average person would put all those things together and think FTL must be, or Free Talk Live, sorry, must be um, controlled opposition. And also, he said earlier that they are using Bitcoin to get people used to digital money and instead of, like, PayPal and Venmo and credit cards mm-hmm. and online banking,
0: I don't think the average person even knows what controlled opposition is. I mean, I don't think they even think about most of the things that we have discussed here tonight. And our our target audience isn't the average person. We're looking for uh, people who are above average. We're looking for people who understand that liberty is important.
4: I've been listening to the whole thing. And I'm trying to keep a level mind on this. It's the first time I'm hearing uh, Etienne as an individual. I understand that uh, there's a certain uh, amount of trust that's been garnered through his writings and work. Um, I just feel that there's a certain level of paranoia that's creeped into his lexicon. I believe that because when we're dealing with, counterculture ideas, anything that goes against the norm, anything that rubs against the mainstream, uh, especially when those anti-norms are attacked by the mainstream in what way or another, whether it be through the media or through people with agendas or foul people, there tends to be this defensive reaction to where everything becomes suspect. The, 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 the more the, embarrassing the more concerning the more taboo something becomes even if it's completely not nefarious it becomes part of something that you need to watch for and i really feel that i'm wondering if etienne himself is not falling for the propaganda uh, against the people that that are really for him are really for the same ideals that he's part of and and it feels like I'll let him respond. I don't want to take up the mic all night, especially since you know we've been going on for a while. But I just feel like there's certain elements to this that reflect things that I and others have been through before, even in fandom.
3: The unfortunate, you know, reality of our situation is that controlled opposition is a very, very real deal. It's been very documented. Like I said in, in the book, um, uh, "The Mighty Warlitzer: uh, How the CIA Played America." There's another book uh, entitled uh, Drugs as Weapons Used Against Us. Uh, The CIA's war on activists, musicians, including SDS and the Black Panthers and uh, Tupac Shakur and individuals. And so because that dynamic is very, very real. And because I believe that the voluntarist movement is the most important movement in the world, because for a number of reasons, number one, it it shines a light on the illegitimacy and criminality of government, number one. And number two, it's the only ism that's fair for everybody. Nobody gets the ring of power. Nobody gets to use violence or extortion on anybody else. Uh, It is a very, very important movement for them to steer and smear. And so if we know that that's the CIA playbook. Then and, and we see the movement being, you know, uh, steered and smeared um, and they're running essentially the CIA playbook. I think that it's, you know, I, I don't think it's a stretch to, you know, to to, you know, to think that it's the exact same thing all over again that they've run on other, you know, uh, activist groups. Uh, we see it a lot. We saw um, uh, we saw uh, um The Tea Party movement get hijacked by Dick Army, Sarah Palin, and $40 million from FreedomWorks. We saw the Women's March on Washington get steered into uh, worthless slogans, acceptance of suffering, and they even dress the crowd in pussy hats. And so it's it's a real deal thing that goes on. That is
0: absolutely true. And we also know the FBI infiltrates all kinds of groups
1: as well. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.